we just make this confession before we start determining in the beginning that we're going to believe the Word of God. You know, uh, this won't be opinions this morning that we share. It'll be from the Scripture, from the Word of God, and I, I believe it'll touch every heart. Amen? So let's say this together. The Word of God is truth. If I live the Word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Turn to somebody and say, Merry Christmas. <laughs> you can be seated. Hallelujah. Well, we welcome all of you this morning. And... Um, we have a, a great morning planned. We've been sharing this month, uh, and we've invited other people to share this month from our staff. Um, the scripture says that God gives every good and perfect gift. It comes down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness or shadow of turning. That God gives gifts in the body, and, and all of us, including you sitting there today, have been endowed with wonderful gifts from God that are to be used for his glory and in that we receive such a blessing by partnering with God in all that he wants to do in the earth and so we've had different ones share this morning you're going to be blessed because we have our youth drama team sharing we have our youth worship team sharing and we have a new little drama team uh, there are K for J, four and five year olds this morning, little drama team that are going to be sharing our wonderful worship team, singers and the band. And, and so I believe as a team today, we're going to preach a message to you that's entitled uh, the law and grace. Everybody say law and grace. It's the third in a three part series that we're doing on truth revealed, you know, God so loved the world, it says, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And I believe that we hear those scriptures sometimes. It goes on to say that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world would be saved. Would you all say saved? And, you know, sometimes we don't have a revelation of what that means. The truth revealed is to help everyone understand that we all need to be saved. We all need a Savior. And uh, I want to read to you this morning from John chapter 1, and I'm going to have it up on the screen. The Word became flesh, that would have been Jesus, and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And then it says, John bore witness of him. That would be John the Baptist. And cried out saying, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And then it says, and of his fullness. Would you say fullness? Last week we talked about how we are full of the Lord through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We have all received grace for grace. This morning's scripture, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And in order to understand what that means, you know, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, they gave away all God's authority to the enemy, the devil. And from that point on, all of the world was caught in sin. I always... Um, think of it in this uh, way for myself because in the beginning I couldn't understand how babies or, or, or young people or anybody could be a sinner before they even had a chance to sin. Have you ever wondered about that? Well, the truth is that just as people who were born into Russia when it was a communist state became communist, not because 
They wanted to be communist just because they were born there. They became communist, and they were ensnared by communism. So is mankind that has been born in the earth since the fall of Adam and Eve are all born into sin. What does that mean? They are under the control of demonic influence. The devil is the god of the world, the Bible says. And what that means is he has control. Jesus came. The truth is Jesus came. He came as a baby, but he certainly grew up and became the savior of the world. And that happened at Calvary. So today we're celebrating Christmas, but we can't celebrate what he he did in the beginning if we don't celebrate what he did in the end. Because that's why he came. God came to rescue all mankind. And he made that decision not uh, right when Christ was born. He made that decision immediately after the fall. And I want to read just a few scriptures. The word of God in the old covenant is very prophetic. What that means is the old covenant in the, the words of the prophets always pointed to Jesus. Always pointed to Jesus from the very beginning. God himself said in Genesis, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. See that capital S? That would be Jesus. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. He knew the enemy would would be the one that destroyed Jesus on the cross in human form. But out of that, out of that would become the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. And so it was prophesied by Micah. You know, we, we look in the old covenant and we see things. In Micah, it says, but you Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me, the one to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth are from of old, from everlasting. You know, Bethlehem was just a tiny little town, but that had to be prophesied. That had to be told in the old covenant. So when it happened in the new covenant, Somebody could say, look, God told us that years before it ever came to pass because God is faithful. He always tells us what he's going to do before he does it. The challenge is for some of us, he tells us so far ahead, we want it to happen tomorrow and it's not going to happen for several years. How many of you have been there and you've experienced that? Well, then Isaiah probably has some of the most wonderful quotes about Jesus. And and they're what, not quotes, but they're prophetic words. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. In chapter 9, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Those were all words prophetically speaking about Jesus the Messiah who would be born into the earth to save us from our sins. And then, of course, in Isaiah 9, 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. The world is looking for peace in the wrong place. The peace is in Jesus. Because in his government, in his, in his being in us, we have peace that passes our understanding. This was prophesied that this peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward, even forevermore, the zeal, everybody say the zeal, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. 
Well, this baby became the performance of God. They were looking for a king. The Jews were looking for a king, and it came as a baby. And it came in a manger of all places. You know, it says there was no room in the end. Well, there was no room in the end because there couldn't be room in the end. Jesus had to be born as a lamb of God. And he was placed in a stable. Why is that so important? Because he came to wait to take away the sins of the world. And only through the sacrifice of blood could sin be taken care of. In the old covenant, it was under the law. Everybody say the law. But in the new covenant, the blood of Jesus released grace. And a new covenant was born. A covenant of grace. That was God's performance. The zeal of the Lord. The desire of God to save you. Turn to your neighbor and say, to save you. Brought Jesus into this manger from where he went to a cross. And there, with his blood, to heaven. Today, truth revealed, we have been placed in the covenant of grace. And we're going to talk about that a little later this morning as we share out of Malachi 4 in the very end, the last book of the Old Covenant. God had spoken so many times to these people. So many times with his promises. And they just continually turned away from him. But he promised in Malachi 4.2, but to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. And you shall go out, out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. Well, you know, we're all trying not to be fat. But that's not the kind of fat it's talking about. It means full. Full of the love of God. Full of the peace of God. Full of the joy of the Lord. When Jesus comes, the son of righteousness, healing will come with him. Life will come with him. And it was his last promise in the word of God. And every voice went silent. And for 400 years plus, there was not a word from God. (laughs) Well, we're really blessed this morning also to have uh, Oliver Kent. He's going to share from memory as the worship team comes and sings. The first 14 chapters of Luke, or the chapter 2, first 14 verses. And uh, share with us the Christmas story. We're just very blessed that the young people in our church are being taught the Word of God. And growing in their knowledge of the Word of God. And we're thankful for them and for this team. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth and Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. 
While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people today in the town of David. A Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be assigned to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company, the heavenly host, appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to the God in the highest, and on earth peace to men, and on whom his favor rests. Take a moment, you're in your life. Think of the things that Jesus has made possible for you. Salvation, healing, wholeness, peace, joy, comfort, hope, expectation. Father, we thank you today that you were willing to give your son, Jesus, for us. That we might know you as our Father. Know Him as our Savior. By the power of the Holy Spirit that now lives in us because Jesus is our Lord and Savior. We give you praise today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Well, the truth was revealed in the earth on that day that Christ was born in that manger. And it stirred up everything. Sadducees, Pharisees, rulers, religious people, Jesus, Jesus, Emmanuel, the Messiah. Some believed, some didn't believe. But we have a choice just like they had a choice to believe. We have a choice to surrender our lives to Jesus, to make him the Lord and Savior of our life. Or we have the choice to live in this world and make decisions. It's all about choice, you know. In our world, choice, everybody gets to choose. Well, you know, that's, that's what Father God said. It's your choice. Jesus has come to save you, but you have to choose. Sometimes I hear people say, well, God's going to send people to hell. God doesn't send anybody to hell. Hell was unleashed on earth when Adam and Eve sinned. God is about rescuing people from hell. He wants to save us. But Jesus, in John 14, 6 said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me. Why was that? Well, it has to do with that virgin birth. See, in the Old Covenant, as I mentioned before earlier, it took blood, blood of animals that were sacrificed to, to cover. Would you say cover? 
to cover sin. But God knew that covering sin would not stop sin from its influence and effect. Only one way, and that would be pure blood. It had to be pure blood. It had to be God's blood because all mankind's blood was now contaminated because of what Adam and Eve had done when they sinned and gave the enemy the right. So when we talk about Christmas, we're talking about God's rescue mission for all mankind. How? Through the blood of that baby that was born into that manger that night. That baby that came was going to become God's weapon to destroy sin's power over all mankind. Can everybody say thank God? I mean, totally stop it. And I love the book of Hebrews in the Bible because God revealed through his spirit to Paul the truth of the word of God. And it says uh, in that, God says a new covenant. Everybody say new covenant. Well, this was new language. They had a covenant. They had the Mosaic covenant. Moses' law. The law. But the problem with that law, that old covenant, which you see in your Bible as the Old Testament, was it couldn't save anybody. All it could tell people was, you need God because you cannot do these things without somebody to rescue you. It was there to point to their need for Jesus. The Ten Commandments don't save people. The Ten Commandments just remind people they need to be saved. And that's why the world wants to take away and move the Ten Commandments out of the sight of people because they don't want them to return to God. They don't want them to reach out for a Savior. They don't want them to reach out for something that can help them. All it does is say, this is wrong. But it doesn't say how you're going to not do it. Jesus came to help us, to deliver us from the power of sin. Not, not that we wouldn't make mistakes, but from the power. In other words, we would have victory over sin. A new covenant, he said. He has made the first obsolete. When something's obsolete, that means it, it doesn't mean it never existed. It just means it's not effective anymore. It, it doesn't have any power in it to do anything. Now, what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. What is, what is God talking about? He is making a way, a new way. It's called a new and living way in Hebrews for us to live. It's a new and living way because it's, it's about Jesus making a way for us where we could not make a way for ourselves. And it goes on and it says in uh, chapter 9, it says, But Christ came as a high priest of good things to come, with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with the hands that is not of this creation. It says in verse 14, how much more shall the blood of Christ, there's that blood, that pure blood, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanses your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. For this reason, he is the mediator. Would you say mediator? See, when God sees you, he sees you through the blood of Jesus. He sees Jesus. Jesus has defeated the devil. Therefore, you get off scot-free, so to speak. Isn't that good news? That's why it says it's a free gift. You don't do anything to earn this. All of it was done at Calvary. For this reason, he's the mediator of a new covenant by means of his death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant that those who are called may receive the promise. Everybody say promise. Of eternal inheritance. What does that mean? Spending eternity with God. Jesus provided that 
No other person could provide it. There's no other way. And finally, I love this scripture, and it's kind of hidden in chapter 10. But it says, previously saying, sacrifice and offerings, burn offerings and offerings for sin, you did not desire nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Everybody say the law. It wasn't that God didn't accept those offerings, but the pleasure wasn't there because it could not restore his relationship with people. All it could do was protect them for sin, but it didn't make them people who could talk to him and walk with him and converse with him and, and, and know his voice because it couldn't do that. Then he said, behold, I have come to do your will, O God. That would be Jesus. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. What does that mean? He took away the law. He fulfilled it is what happened. He didn't make it never exist. He just took care of it with his blood. And he established grace. Everybody say, thank God for grace. We sang it. He's, he's established grace. What is grace? Well, it's the ability to use someone else's authority. It's the ability to use the authority of God in the earth. That's grace. Unmerited favor, number one, which means no matter what kind of a scoundrel you are, <laughs> the blood of Jesus has taken care of that. Now, that's good news. It was good news for me back when I was a scoundrel. <laughs> when I made a lot of mistakes, you know that sinner saved by grace, amazing grace. You know, I never liked singing about the wretch till I understood that until you receive Jesus, the, the, the wretchedness of sin is on every person. What does that mean? It's just like those communism, the communism and the communist. They're just that because they were captivated. Till Jesus, I was captivated. You were captivated. The devil is captivating people because they don't know the truth. Jesus came that we might have grace. The ability to walk with the power of God in our life and overcome every circumstance and situation that would try to defeat us. We have been saved. We have been saved. Hallelujah. I've asked the youth drama team to come and, and do a drama that I believe expresses the grace of God. It expresses when we make mistakes how God can rescue us out of our situation. It's very hard to depict the weight and power and how much God really loves us. Very hard. I mean, we can give awesome stories and analogies. This is what Jesus did. I mean, shows like the passion, skits like this. Come close, but they can never really express his real love and the weight and everything of it. And uh, this girl in this drama was with Jesus felt his love, but the bad guy got in the way, and without her even knowing it, separated her, and she didn't realize it, but she kept getting further and further away from God, but not from his love, and uh, his love is what rescues her because Jesus never leaves. She moves. Jesus never did. He was there the whole time, trying to get her attention, everything he could. 
And it wasn't until she was completely overwhelmed, had nothing left. She knew she needed she needed to be rescued. <clears throat> All she had to do was reach. She felt it. She reached just one time. She reached no matter what we did, no matter what the evil that separated her from God, no matter what it did before, couldn't stop Jesus from coming back. He started pulling. I couldn't stop him. We couldn't stop him. All she had to do was reach just one time. She reached once. And he came. And uh, all of us, especially Jared and I, this skit is very passionate for us because this is something that we felt in our, in our lives. Maybe not the same things they struggled with on the stage, but we got to a place where both he and I were like, Jesus, we need you. We reached once, and he came. So, um, yeah, got a hand. So I don't know if um, where you, anyone in this room is. I don't know if there's anything you guys are struggling with. I don't know what it is. But I know what I always struggled with. And I know that even when I was rescued, it still tried to come back. And if you're in a place in your life where you need a rescuer and a protector, there's a man named Jesus who is both. And he's very good at his job. And uh, if you're someone like this girl who just was with Jesus and was with him, felt his love, was in his will, and then one day you just found yourself, how did I even get here? All you got to do is reach and say, Jesus, come rescue me. I need you. He's already there. He didn't have to come. He's there. You just have to take his hand. So um, I don't want to take a chance of doing a drama like this and being able to minister to people and show them what God, because this is what God did in my life. This skit is what God has done in my life. And I don't want to take a chance of being able to show you guys that without anyone having an opportunity to meet Jesus Christ or to come back. So uh, I guess... If everyone can just pray and repeat after me. Father God, thank you for your son. Thank you for your amazing love that I'll never understand. Thank you for coming to my rescue. Father, I'm reaching. This is, I am crying out. Come rescue me. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord and you've never made him the savior of your life and the Lord of your life, it's more than just a prayer. And uh, again, I want to invite everyone to say this with me because I don't, I don't want to take a chance of being up here and someone going home today without knowing Jesus. So again, if you all can just repeat after me and say, Jesus, Jesus. thank you for dying on that cross for me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I'll never understand your love. I'll never understand your love. But I'll always feel it. But I'll always feel it. Come into my life. Come into my life. 
Make me new. I give my life to you. You died for me. I live for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah, let's give God praise. Thank you. Thank you, drama team. Yeah, give these young people a hand. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, God has placed young people in the earth. He's placed little children in the earth. He's placed all ages in the earth for one purpose, that our light would shine, that Jesus would be the Savior that we talk about, the Savior that we introduce people to. I thank God for the boldness of our young men and women that are standing here this morning. Let's give them one more hand as they go. Hallelujah. You can go ahead and go. Thank you. You know, when Mary found out she was going to have a baby, God's words through the angel were, Mary, highly favored of God. And that would be so exciting. I mean, an angel talking to you, highly favored. Those are all like, yippee, that's me. You know, I'm, I'm the one. But then he said, you're going to carry the son of God and, and you're going to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Well, she's, she's excited. She's going to be married. And in her day to be pregnant and not married could mean death so highly favored it's like oh highly favored and then God through the angel assured her he said to her Elizabeth your cousin is with child also well Elizabeth had been barren Elizabeth was an older woman I believe God said that to her to just confirm to her hey I'm a miracle worker through that angel listen there's somebody else that this miracle has taken place. She's going to have a baby. Do you know where Elizabeth went immediately? Over to Mary's house. I mean, Mary went immediately over to Elizabeth's house. Anyway, they got together. (laughs) I don't have my Bible up here, but I know they met up. And I know that when Mary spoke, Elizabeth said, the baby inside me leaped. And how she got out of that to say to Mary, and you are carrying the Son of God. I don't know, but I know right then, unity and agreement came. She had somebody who also believed in the miracle working power of God. And then Mary said, uh, Elizabeth said to Mary, blessed is she who believed. When Mary said, be it done to me according to your word, the miracle was on. I say to you today, we all need to say to God, be it done to me according to your word. And then she began to rejoice and she began to sing this scripture. My soul magnifies the Lord. And then she goes all the way down. My spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. Verse 4, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. She was just a, a teenage girl like these young girls up here. She wasn't anybody special. But God God regarded her lowly state. For behold, henceforth all generations will be will call me blessed. I don't believe it was to lift her above Jesus, but I do believe it was to say to the church, Mary was just a girl, just like we all are human beings. But God highly favored her and had a purpose. He has a purpose for you today. And so she's rejoicing. For he who is mighty has done how many? Great things. For me and holy is his name. 
rejoice with us. Stand and rejoice with us. My soul, my soul magnifies the Lord. Amen. Let's magnify the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Yeah.